Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to react to the San Francisco 49ers 38-10 victory over the Arizona Cardinals in Mexico City on Monday Night Football. San Francisco advances to 6-4 on the season. They have the most wins in Monday Night Football history at 52 with their 38-10 victory over the Arizona Cardinals and are now, once again, finally, back in first place in the NFC West, overtaking the Seattle Seahawks, who they do hold a tiebreaker over. Of course, they will play each other later on in the season on Thursday Night Football in Seattle. Going to be a great game later on this year. Might decide the NFC West fate, but currently, San Francisco is now 4-0 in the NFC West, a big benchmark to hit. They have guaranteed a winning record in the NFC West this year, right now being 4-0. The worst they can finish is 4-2 if they do indeed lose to the Cardinals and the Seahawks later on this year. They also are now the number three seed in the NFC above the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the NFC South division leader and just behind the Philadelphia Eagles and Minnesota Vikings at the as the NFC East and NFC North division leaders as well. So, number one in the NFC West, number three in the NFC, 6-4 and four on the season. And let me tell you, do we have a ton to discuss today because this may have been the best game for the San Francisco 49ers all season long. Offensively, defensively, and yes, I understand when Kyler Murray doesn't play. Marquise Brown doesn't play. Byron Murphy doesn't play for the Cardinals. There's a certain part of the fan base that might say, well, it was Colt McCoy, which, that's valid. But it's not like Colt McCoy didn't beat this exact same team last year with a running back that torched this defense last year. And we talked about how in the, in the podcast previewing the game that I don't think the Cardinals are as bad as their record might say or the stats might say, but I do think San Francisco is an entirely different team than they were last year. The Niners coming into this game were not the same Niners playing the Cardinals last year at Levi Stadium when they got the you-know-whats shoved in. But the game started kind of like that game where it was it was two teams feeling each other out, wondering, okay, how is this game going to go? And San Francisco's offense looked like it was stuck in the mud. It looked like it was going to just trudge along and just go and go and go. And they ran seven plays, punted twice. They were down three to nothing after their first two drives. And there was a handful of questions. Where's Elijah Mitchell at? Maybe there's too many moving pieces. Like, this offense felt like they were a car running low on oil. Where the engine light clicks on and you're just... Jug, 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 and you're just sputtering along. You know, And you're like, can I make it home? Can someone please give me some oil? Can someone please like, help me get home tonight? It's late. We're in San Francisco. It's 1130 at night. I'm coming home from work. I need some oil in my car. They weren't working as a finely tuned machine. They were being used or running like a car sputtering. Where it was, you're good for 10 miles, 
And then it's to the finish line. And that's kind of what it was against the Chargers, although opposite, they sputtered for a whole half, picked things up, and then kind of sputtered towards the end, and it wasn't a complete victory. And so early in this game, they were kind of sputtering. They could not find their footing, and they were stuck in the mud. And then all of a sudden, things clicked. On their third drive of the game, Garoppolo hits Ayuk for that big touchdown, uh, you know, goes his progressions quickly, looks to his left, finds Ayuk cutting across the left side of the, the end zone, hits him, threads the needle right to him, gets Ayuk his first touchdown of the game, and Jimmy Garoppolo's first of his four touchdowns of the game as well. It was a great throw, a great play by Garoppolo, who, trust me, we will get into the Himmy G era of San Francisco 49ers football pretty quickly here. But there were about four or five drives in this game where it's back to back to back to back to back where everything went San Francisco's way. And it shows how quickly this team can score, how quickly this team should be able to put a team like the Cardinals, who aren't a good team by any measure of the word, on their back. Garoppolo's touchdown to Ayuk, Jimmy Ward's pick of Colt McCoy, then Jimmy G to George Kittle for a touchdown, and then the field goal to end the first half. They scored 17 points in three consecutive drives and got a turnover. That's what this team should look like. And I could argue that the field goal before halftime, they had two near touchdowns. Jimmy had, from what it seemed like, Debo Samuel open on the right-hand side of the field, on his pass to Jawan Jennings, who also almost caught a touchdown pass and missed it by his fingertips. Like, this game could have easily been 21-10 at halftime. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, like, night-night, Steph Curry, we found momentum. We have found uh, the engine finally has oil in it. We're finally not trudging along. We're going 120 miles an hour, no looking back. We are Nicolas Cage with the need for speed right? Gone in 60 seconds. That's what it was like as soon as Garoppolo got that first touchdown with Ayuk. And let's dive into Brandon Ayuk and the offensive weapons in this game because Brandon Ayuk, I said it in the last podcast previewing this game, his ability to separate is by far one of the best in football. And I'm not talking, you know, top 20. I'm talking top 10. The way he's able to find space when there isn't any the way he's able to continually make cornerbacks look lost on defense is bar none one of the best in football. The ascension of Brandon Ayuk has been something special. Now look, the stat line shows two catches, but it's two touchdowns. Two red zone touchdowns, mind you. I mean, Brandon Ayuk has been receiver number one for San Francisco this year, and a lot of that conversation during the Chargers game, and including myself, was where's Debo Samuel? Where is our supposed, supposed to be number one receiver? Where's the guy you paid big money to? And we talked about that this could be a game where because of the Cardinals' lack of ability to limit yards after the catch and Debo Samuel literally being the best yak receiver in football, that this could be a game where he gets going once again. Touched the ball 10 times in this game. He had 94 yards and averaged 10, almost 10 yards per touch and scored a touchdown. 
He had 10 touches in this game, almost 94 yards, nearly or just over 10 yards per touch, had one touchdown, and had his longest rushing touchdown of his career. Not a season, his career. 39-yard rushing touchdown in this game. And the blocking on that play was phenomenal. Ayuk was great downfield. Jake Brendel, who has kind of gotten the brunt of the offensive line, uh, maybe criticism after Mike McGlinchey, he was downfield. He was shoving guys left and right. He was opening up windows and lanes for Debo to score. And he got going. Ayuk was going. And of course, George Kittle got going as well. He had four catches, 84 yards, averaging 21 yards per catch in two touchdowns. Now, the first touchdown to George Kittle, that was a off-scheduled phenomenal play by both people, Jimmy G and George Kittle. For Jimmy G, and this is where we're going to get into the Himmy Garoppolo era <laughs> of Niner football, because right now Jimmy G is playing like Himmy Garoppolo, Himmy Guapolo, as Debo Samuel put on Twitter this morning, he's looked amazing. You know Jimmy Garoppolo is top 10 or tied for top 10 in touchdown passes with 15, and he had and he's played one less game than everybody else. This is his third consecutive game with no picks. Hasn't done that his entire career. He's done that this year. This was his second best outing of the season. Besides that Rams game at SoFi Stadium three weeks ago. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo, currently, this last three-game stretch, he has five touchdowns, no picks. Excuse me, that's incorrect. He has seven touchdowns, no picks. Four against the Cardinals, two against the Rams, and a rushing touchdown against the Chargers. No turnovers. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo has had one turnover-worthy play in his last three games. He's playing like a top 10 quarterback this year. And, and and I mean, he's playing like, in 2019, arguably the best Jimmy Garoppolo post-ACL injury. We talked, maybe he's top 12. You know, he might, he might sneak into the top 10. This year, there was no if, no ands, no buts. Jimmy Garoppolo, right now, is playing like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Can you name me? 10 quarterbacks better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Mahomes? Maybe Kirk Cousins? Josh Allen, who has played rather turnover-worthy football the past three weeks? But okay, I'll give you that one, obviously. Aaron Rodgers, not been great. Maybe Lamar Jackson, too, obviously. I'm at five right there. Who am I forgetting? I mean, Joe Burrow, that's six. Like, there's not many other quarterbacks in the league right now playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, is he those guys? Of course not. He's not your Mahomes. He's not your Allen. He's not your Burrow. But if this is the quarterback we're going to get all season long, and I get long road. There's seven more games, a long road to go in the NFL season. But if this is the Jimmy Garoppolo you're going to get, that is going to have career games week after week. He had his first four-touchdown game since the Saints game in 2019. This was his first four-touchdown-plus performance with no picks since Halloween night against the Cardinals in Arizona. Emmanuel Sanders' first night 
with the Niners since 2019. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo looks more comfortable. He's playing with no pressure. He looks like a quarterback that knows his role, feels comfortable with his role, and the restraints, while maybe still there, have been loosened by a lot. Kyle Shanahan looks more comfortable with Jimmy G, and I think we have to give both men credit. Because to start the year, this was supposed to be Trey Lance's team. And while many of us, including myself, still want the best for Trey Lance, still want him to become this amazing elite quarterback, you have to live in the now. There is no, what if Trey Lance, it's, what is Jimmy Garoppolo? And I think Kyle Shanahan had to face that early this year, where he was done with Jimmy. Not personally, but professionally, done. It was like, whatever, you ain't the quarterback anymore, we can't trade you, we'll figure things out, we hope you're gone, Lance is the guy. And they made that very clear from the beginning. Now, we know what happens, Lance gets hurt, Jimmy gets brought back beforehand, things are a little weird for a little bit, then Lance goes down, and Jimmy has to be the guy. His first game against Seattle, he looks loose, he looks comfortable, he's slinging it around left and right. And then the restraints get put back on in Denver, and he wasn't good. He was bad. And you're like, well, is this how it's going to be all year? Where where Shanahan is maybe... Shanahan was so ready to move on that once Jimmy had to come back, it was put the clamps back on, put the restraints back on, muzzle him. You know, I have to protect my team because I don't trust this player. And I think as the season's has progressed, Shanahan had to kind of look himself in the mirror and say, if I want to win right now, I have to trust Jimmy Garoppolo. I have to look him dead in the eye and say, you are my guy. And he he hasn't been able to do that really since 2019. In 2020, it was the injuries. In 2021, it was we have Trey Lance waiting in the wings. This year, it's there is no Trey Lance. Jimmy's healthy. He has to be the guy, at least for this year. And Kyle Shanahan, against the Cardinals, orchestrated one of the best offensive schemes we've seen all season long. There was trick plays left and right. Debo Samuel's running play. There was, you know, there was expertly executed passing plays. There was fake dump-offs. There was screen plays. Like, this was the most variety of plays we've seen under Kyle Shanahan all year long. All year. This was the full arsenal. Like, what does Emperor Palpatine say in Star Wars? You know, it's fully operational. Like, this Niners offense is essentially the Death Star of we can destroy planets with one shot. We can destroy defenses with one shot. Any position on the field has a superstar at it. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, this team's leading rusher last year, Brandon Ayuk, the team leader in touchdowns and receptions and receiving yards. Like There are too many star-caliber, superstar-caliber pieces on this offense that defenses will not be able to cover everybody. You cannot play man against every single player on this team. 
We saw them go five wide, what, five, six times in this game against the Cardinals? And there was a point in this game where they were up like 28 to like 10. And you're thinking, okay, pack it in, game's over with, you know, tighten it up, play keep away. That's not what happened. Shanahan said, hey, Jimmy, keep throwing the football. Keep putting your pedal to the metal. We have so much freaking oil in the reserve, we can put the foot down to the floor and step on their throat all night long. And that's what they did. The whole night, it was, let's score as many points, prove to them, prove to the NFL, we're back. And like Steve Young said on KNBR, end their season. The Cardinals came into this game with a fleeting hope that they might be able to win. As soon as San Francisco went up, there was no looking back. They looked destroyed. They looked disheveled. They looked like they were defeated. And that's because San Francisco has so many weapons and has the ability to hurt you at any single point offensively. Like, this Niners offense, personnel-wise, again, you have to execute still, but personnel-wise, is the best it's looked since 2019. And I can argue that this offense, I think I can say definitively, actually, this is a better offense than the team they had in 2019. Because that was a rookie, a, a, what, Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, maybe Jeff Wilson Jr., a rookie Debo Samuel, and a veteran Emmanuel Sanders that had Kendrick Bourne. This has a veteran Debo Samuel, an ascending star Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, and Jimmy G playing the best football of his life. I mean, of his life. And the question is, why is he doing so? There are many factors. One is Kyle Shanahan, I think, finally looking in the mirror and saying, you're my guy. If I want to embrace or if I want to maximize this roster, despite maybe me still having the hope of Trey Lance coming back for this year, I must give you the reins. I must trust you to run this offense, to make a big play, to make a pivotal pass on third down on fourth down, in clutch time. But also, we have to give credit to Christian McCaffrey. Because before the Niners acquired McCaffrey this year, they were 3-3, three and three, averaging 20.8 points a game, almost 21 points a game, getting almost 340.2 yards a game, and on third down, 41%. That's before Christian McCaffrey got here. Since Christian McCaffrey... 3-1, averaging 28.5 points a game, almost 8 points higher a game, 396.5 yards, 56 more yards per game, and on third down, 55%. This Niners offense is fully operational. And it's the first time we've really seen it all year. That Rams game, there were hints of it, the Chargers game was kind of a step back. Shanahan himself said, like, look, I kind of have more wealth than I realized, and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out, do I give it to charity? Do I put it in stocks? Do I, like, what do I do with my money, with my, my gold? And I think on Monday against the Cardinals, we found out what he can do with his expenses, with his gold, with his diamonds, with his wealth. 
that he has at his disposal. He can score 38 points. His quarterback can score four touchdowns. He can have Debo now in the backfield once again. Like, they can average almost nine yards a play. They can go into games knowing or at least thinking that Brock Purdy might get snaps <laughs> because we're beating teams so bad. And going back to Jimmy Garoppolo, this, like, the Christian McCaffrey move can never and should never be understated because you can tell Jimmy's playing more comfortable in the pocket where he does not, or he no longer feels the need to force passes. He doesn't feel uh, that it's necessary to try to make that big play that he has to, you know, find the receiver with a small window where he has to put it right in there and if it's not, it's picked off. He's throwing balls away more. He threw it away against the Cardinals. Four balls thrown away in two games. That's a rarity. And now, because he has this checkdown option that makes him feel comfortable, because in the past it was the checkdowns were Jeff Wilson Jr., they were Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert and Jamichael Hasty last year, and despite those guys bringing certain skills, a certain skill set, they're not Christian McCaffrey. None of them are. McCaffrey is, like I've said plenty of times, an all-pro top five offensive weapon in football. And now you've given Jimmy G the ability to, hey, if no one's open, I have a superstar to get the ball to that has sure hands, can make guys miss, and can score from anywhere on the field. Like, there's never this pressure of I have to make a play because Jermichael Hasty might get the football. Now it's, hey, there's nobody open. Hey, Christian McCaffrey, here's the football. Like, there's a willingness now to give the ball up knowing that guy can average 7 yards a catch. He averaged 9.6 yards a catch last night and 5.6 yards on the ground. Like, there is no longer a worry of or pressure of I have to make a big play. And because of that, because of the ability to check down now, the offensive line looks better. No sacks allowed last night for the third time this season. The most in football. Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford, Daniel Brunskill, all three of their guards have allowed no sacks this year. Again, the, the Jacob Brendel blocked down the field on, on Debo Samuel's touchdown. It was great all night. They averaged 5.7 yards a carry. Why? Yes, because Debo and Mitchell and McCaffrey, but also because the offensive line was finding and creating lanes for their guys to move. Because the offense was, again, fully operational. With Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey getting involved, and one of the bigger complaints, or it's funny because... A lot of complaints this year has, you know, been, you know, why isn't this guy or that guy getting the football? And sometimes as fans, as maybe team members, as people in the media, you can sit there and complain. You know, where's Debo? Where's Christian McCaffrey? You know, where's Mitchell? And at times you do question those things and they're valid sometimes. But in this game, I mean, can I ask you, wasn't that fun? <laughs> I mean... That was a fun game. I had fun. There was no worries. My feet were kicked back. Like, like I, I was... I felt great the entire game. Despite maybe the early 
worry of like, this offense looks kind of slow. As soon as that flip got switched, as soon as, you know, the, the, the offense kind of clicked, someone put oil in the car, it was, oh, okay. Like, this is fun. This is how we're going to play all year long, or at least should play. Like, we now have the benchmark of what this offense should look like. Now, I'm not saying 38 points a game, but I'm talking about long, sustainable drives, big chunk plays, the ability to score at any moment on the field. They're like like the, the touchdown pass to George Kittle. Jimmy G, the pocket breaks down. He's looking like he's going to scramble. He could have easily done it. He could have checked down to Christian McCaffrey. What does he do? He sees George Kittle over the middle and just like, he's like running and just floats it up to him. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then he hits him and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, thank you for doing that. Touchdown, George Kittle. And that's what I mean. Like, this team was playing loose and comfortable, like they know they were better. Like they know that they're in control. Like in their head, their mentality is, we are the better team. And that's why, at least offensively, and we'll get to the defense in a minute, that the offense put the NFL on notice last night. The NFC is scared of the Niners. Go ask anybody that's a fan of the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Bucks, any team in the NFC, any media member, whoever, go ask them, which team in the NFC scares you the most? Some may say Philadelphia. Some may say, well, the Cowboys beat the Vikings pretty bad. But I guarantee you, at the end of that conversation, it's going to come down to the San Francisco 49ers. I get they struggled this year. It's one game. It's the Cardinals. But they've won three games in a row. They beat the Rams, the Chargers, Cardinals, and now get to come home for three games against the Bucks, the Dolphins, and the Saints. And right now, Vegas has them seven and a half point favorites against the New Orleans Saints. I'm telling you, Vegas knows, the NFC knows, the NFL knows that if you let this Niners team get going, you ain't going to stop them. Like, I'll even say this right now. If Jimmy Garoppolo continues to play the way he's playing currently, this team will go to the Super Bowl. They will. Now, win it, lose it, I ain't going that far. But right now, they are the best team in the NFC. The team other fan bases are scared of. The team that I can guarantee you other teams are scared of. Dallas, they don't want to play us. The Eagles, they don't want to play us. 9-1 means absolutely nothing come playoff time. And right now, this team would be hosting a playoff game against the New York Giants. And then potentially, potentially playing the Minnesota Vikings if the top seeds ended up winning out in Minnesota. I'd take that bet. And I think you would too. But the defense last night was phenomenal. And 
One more note on the offense. Sorry. The Niners scored five touchdowns from scrimmage last night, allowed zero sacks, had zero turnovers. The only other times since 1960 they've done that in an entire game, 41-10 win over the Bears in 1961, 55-17 win over the Lions in 1993, and a 41-24 victory over the Dallas Cowboys in 2000. It's been 22 years since a Niner team. That's Tim Rattay, Sean Hill, Trent Dilfer, Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, every single head coach in the freaking book. 22 years since they've scored five touchdowns from scrimmage, zero sacks allowed, and zero turnovers. 22 years. I'm not even 26 years old yet. <laughs> like, I was four, three years old when that happened last. Like, come on. <laughs> like, that's insane. But now to the defense, excuse me. I I apologize for one last note. But the defense last night, Nick Bosa, another sack. You know he has 26 sacks since 2021, the beginning of last year? That's the most in football. It seems like every single time that... You think of how good Nick Bosa is. Some stat comes out and you're like, wow, I thought he was really good, but I didn't think he was that good. Like, I already said defensive player of the year candidate. But now I see that and I'm like, he's given the trophy already. Like, good God. <laughs> like, how has he not been a defensive player of the year? Like, how is he not getting more media attention? He leads the NFL in sacks the last two seasons. And it seems like no one's talking about him. It's insane. Charles Amenahue. He had eight pressures last night. This is his fourth game out of ten this year. He has five plus pressures. He has been Arden Key and more for this Niners team. Without Armstead, no Ebukam, he stepped up. I don't think he gets enough credit. I don't think a trade for him... Last year, gets enough credit either. I mean, trading, what, a sixth-round pick for Charles Amenahue? Talk about found freaking money. He was being... He wasn't even being used by the Texans last year. And San Francisco said, hey, be our number two rusher, essentially. Fill in for an all-pro in Eric Armstead. And flourish, by far. Insane. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw... I mean, I don't think you can say enough about how much or how fun they are to watch defensively. Now, sometimes Greenlaw can be a little careless <laughs> with the penalties, and thankfully last night he wasn't, but they're fun. Because they play aggressive, they want to attack the football, they want to swarm. That's the defensive motto, right? They want to swarm. They swarm. I mean, my God. They are... It seems like every play they're involved in. It feels like every single play, either Greenlaw or Warner are diving in from the corner of your TV to tackle someone or, or you know, try to tackle somebody. It just feels like they're all over the field at all points. And then Jimmy Ward had one pick against the Cardinals, a big pick, got San Francisco the ball back after scoring their first touchdown. A big turnover, or takeaway, excuse me, for this Niners defense. And it's kind of funny where... It's amazing what Jimmy Ward can do with two hands, 
right? He had the the big cast on for about two to three weeks, uh, and it really really hurt him uh, early in the season or, or earlier in the season. Now he has two hands again, and he's playing much better, <laughs> playing much better. And then you have Samuel Womack, who seemingly dropped like three picks in this game, but finally got his first career interception. Great to see him get that. He was phenomenal on special teams in this game. I mean, Wisnowski was putting freaking punts on the money in this game. He had five five punts, three of those inside the 20, and the fourth one that wasn't inside the 20 was a touchback because Tarverius Moore slipped on the one-yard line and fell in the end zone. <laughs> I mean, then the other punt afterwards was a Womack catch inside the tw- in the two-yard line where he was jumping up in the end zone throwing the football back. I mean, like, they he's been a, a found money in the late rounds, fourth round of the draft. He's been a great gunner. And finally getting his first pick, great job for him. Demo Lenore, if you would have told me that Mooney Ward was going to be hurt for maybe a drive or so in this game, and it was going to be Lenore guarding DeAndre Hopkins, I would have said game over. I would have said, I've seen this story way too many times. Top cornerback gets hurt, Lenore gets put in, or a backup gets put in who he's smaller, not as quick, not as physical, and he gets burnt for a touchdown on the very next play. And what do the Cardinals do? Mooney Ward gets hurt. They run the exact same play to Hopkins, targeting Lenore. And Lenore said, no, no, that ain't happening. He was aggressive on the, you know, he, he initiated contact. He was physical with Hopkins. Wouldn't even let him get off the line. He created separation himself to give himself room. I mean, that's a player playing confident, physical, and running full steam ahead to adversity and hitting it straight on and coming out successful. He was targeted five times in this game. He played 46 coverage snaps, allowed one catch for five yards. I mean, come on. Lenore right now has been better than Ambry Thomas was last year. And I know no Jason Verrett, but Lenore has stepped up in a big way for this Niners team. A big way. And the defense as a whole, the last three games, in the second half alone, against the Rams, 58 yards allowed, 2.3 yards of play, 0 points. Against the Chargers, 52 yards allowed, 2.7 yards per play, zero points allowed. And against the Cardinals last night, 132 yards allowed, four yards per play. And guess what? Ding, 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 zero points allowed. Three straight games, pitching a shutout in the second half. I mean, you cannot find a better performance in prime time on Monday night for the San Francisco 49ers than this year in this game. This was an all-out dominant performance from the Niners. And again, I'll, I'll tell you again, the NFC does not want to see this team because they know what this team has done in the past. 
earlier this year was just get in and cause havoc. Now it's you can cause havoc right now, get in and cause a little more. Like the number two seed is still in reach. And I talked about it going into the bye week that in Minnesota, that number two seed isn't far away. That number three seed isn't far away. Well, now San Francisco is already the number three seed and just two games behind the Vikings for the second seed in the NFC. There's seven games left. A lot of football left to play. A lot of football left to play. There's a chance, albeit maybe a slim one, (laughs) that this Niners team can become the number one seed in the NFC. Philadelphia is not playing well. They got destroyed by Washington, who won with a very Kyle Shanahan-style offense. 40-plus rushes. They got demolished. They got beat so bad by Washington, they had to go sign two defensive tackles, Linville Joseph and Ndamukong Su. Like, they had to go sign two guys off the street. Off the street. Because they were like, "Uh uh-oh, the blueprint's out. And the Colts, who are a bad team with an, ES- with an ESPN head coach, no offense, Jeff Saturday, and a 39-year-old quarterback who has no arm strength anymore. They almost lost to them. I mean, come on. Like, this... <laughs> the Eagles, while maybe going through a rough patch, that number one seed is still there up for grabs. It's three games away. It's three, four games away. Like, San Francisco, they got, what, six home games left in seven games? That's, or they have five home games left in seven games. They travel to Seattle and Las Vegas. You win five games? You win six games? Number one seed's right there. (laughs) Number two seed's right there. And you're telling me we might play the Giants? The Saints? I mean, they ain't nobody else. Maybe the Cardinals, who now have a 10% chance at making the playoffs after we beat them on Monday Night Football in Mexico City. Like, San Francisco now has four home stadiums. They got Levi's. They got Levi's South, the Rams Stadium. They got Levi's Southeast, the Carolina Panthers Stadium. And now they have Levi's South of the Border in Mexico City. The NFL knows the NFC, well... Maybe right now has the Eagles atop that list. It doesn't matter where San Francisco ends up. The NFC runs through San Francisco. It runs through the Niners. They know that. We know that. And it seems like finally San Francisco knows that. That they have found their groove. You know, Stella got her groove back. The Niners got got their groove back on Monday night. Three straight wins. Back above 500 by two games. Kyle Shanahan finally one game above 500 in his head coaching career in San Francisco for the first time ever. Ever. He's finally a winning head coach in San Francisco. It's a great day to be a Niner fan. Great day to celebrate. Look, that game was fun. Let's have some fun. Himmy Garoppolo, ladies and gentlemen. Himmy G. Himmy Garoppolo. The era has begun. The train has left the station. 
And I'll tell you right now, you give me McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, I'll put that offense against anybody. Like, I'll tell you this right now. If you would have asked this Niners team after the Falcons game, hey, can you beat the Chiefs? Their answer would have been, um, you know, maybe, I guess. We'll try. But if you ask them now, the answer is, heck yeah, brother. We're going to go in there to Kansas City. We're going to kick their ass. Like, that's, that's what the answer would be. They're that confident. And guess what? The outcome may not be that, but I'm that confident in this team. That they can go into Casey with a great quarterback, a good team. They can beat the Chiefs, beat Buffalo, and I get long season ahead. Don't want to get too far ahead. So many things can happen. But living in this moment for just one day, for one second, I don't know how you look at this game and not come away thinking the NFC runs through San Francisco. Niners win 38-10 in Mexico City. Now 4-0 in the division, 6-4 on the season. And they come back home to play the New Orleans Saints at Levi Stadium. A three-game home set against the Saints, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady against Jimmy G for the first time, Mike McDaniel back at Levi Stadium for the first time since departing Jeff Wilson Jr.'s revenge game. I don't know. And the Saints, who are always a tough opponent for this Niners team. If you want to go see any of those games, you're going to want to use promo code 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com using that promo code 49ersaccess. 49ersaccess. Also, follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter account. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49 Access Podcast. And stay faithful.